You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hi, you're listening to episode 49 of the Blended Family Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the last two weeks of interviews. I don't usually have two back-to-back, but it just kind of worked out that way, and I thought both were going to be beneficial to you. Don't forget to sign up for the bullying workshop we mentioned on last week's show. If you missed it, go back and listen or check the show notes. That workshop is free, and it will be on October 21st. So today I'm covering a topic for our listener, Scott. He requested I do a show on the unique challenges of joint custody. I always want to cover topics that you want to hear about or that you need help with. So if there's something that you want me to cover, just write to me at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com and let me know. So Scott has about 50-50 custody with his ex And he finds that it presents some challenges. I'm sure many of you have a similar agreement. The definition of joint custody is a decision by the court, often upon agreement of the parents, that the parents will share custody of a child. There are two types of custody, physical and legal. Physical custody is the right and obligation of a parent to provide a home for his or her child and to make the day-to-day decisions required during the time the child is actually with the custodial parent. Joint physical custody implies that each parent will have a significant amount of contact with a child. Joint custody may not necessarily be a 50% split of time, but close enough to it. A legal custody means that both parents have the legal authority to make major decisions for the child. These include decisions regarding education, religion, and health care. Parents should be aware, too, that legal custody is separate from physical custody. In other words, it is possible for co-parents to share legal custody but not share physical custody. Therefore, parents should not interpret a ruling of joint legal custody as an indication that the court is likely to also grant joint physical custody. I got those definitions for you on about.com. And depending on where you live and when your divorce was finalized, you are all going to have different circumstances set up here. For instance, back when Sean and I got divorced, the general rule was the mother got full custody and the dad visitation rights. But we still had joint legal custody, which means we all have equal decision-making over the children. Now, I'm really pleased that I've seen that change, and now it's much more common to see 50-50 joint physical custody becoming the norm. Why this change? Well, I think that if you go back in time many years ago, you saw stay-at-home moms while dads went to work every day, and it seemed more logical then to set things up that way. But life isn't that way anymore. In most households now, both parents work, and more and more parents are even able to work from home. There's no reason why fathers have to miss out on parenting opportunities anymore. I think the court system realized this, and that's why we're seeing the shift. And it's a good thing. 
Just because parents decide to get divorced doesn't mean the kids do. It's important for both parents to be as present as possible in a child's life. But as Scott knows, and many of you, joint custody does come with challenges. In today's show, I'm really going to focus on the physical custody. I hope that you all have joint legal custody as you all should have equal rights in the major decisions affecting your children. I will say, if you do not have this for whatever reason, it might be something to look into changing in the future if you can. Let me back up just a little now for my listeners who are maybe in the process of divorce and maybe you don't have everything finalized yet. Your decision regarding whether or not to have joint legal custody should be a yes, unless one of the parents involved is an unfit parent due to drug abuse or mental issues. Take note here, this is not your personal opinion of the person within the confines of your relationship. You are to look at them here as a parent and whether or not they are capable of co-parenting with you. You may think you want all the responsibility here, but remember when the hard stuff happens, it can be helpful to have that other parent involved. As far as deciding whether or not to have joint physical custody, you have to take certain things into consideration. Again, of course, are both parents fit to do the job, but you also need to look at where each parent will be living and the age and emotions of the children involved, you want to make sure the children's lives remain as stable as possible. So you need to look at your own circumstances to determine whether you can maintain stability in a joint physical custody arrangement or not. If you're at this point in your divorce where you're not sure, I need to point out that child support should not be a factor in your decision. So don't insist on sole custody so you can get paid more money. Chances are that the kids end up costing more in the long run than your child support anyway. And it's hard being the sole custodial parent. That's just my opinion. I just don't think that should be what's guiding you in your decision. Also, when setting up joint custody, make sure it makes sense for your family. There are all types of arrangements out there. Some families do one week on and one week off. I actually did that this past summer with the kids and it worked nicely for us. Other families do a split midweek and then do every other weekend. Remember, to do joint physical custody, both parents must be living in the same school district unless the kids are homeschooled or one parent is doing the extra transportation out of district every day. So let's talk some pros and cons of joint custody. Remember, I'm talking physical here. Some pros, equal parenting. Neither parent is considered a visitor. Parents will have help parenting and can get a break sometimes. Kids have less emotional issues as they have both parents equally involved in their life. Kids learn responsibility as they need to account for their things shuffling back and forth and they need to keep track of their schoolwork. And some cons, equal parenting. Yes, that's a pro, but also a con as sometimes both parents are not going to agree or have the same rules and structure. Another con, the back and forth can be a little less stable for the kids and kids can lose track of their belongings as they move from home to home. 
Now let's get into some specifics. If you have joint custody, you have some challenges that you deal with. The first challenge is communication. Your ex may not be the easiest person to communicate with. When sharing custody, you're going to need lots of communication to make it work. You're both sharing responsibilities with school and extracurricular activities, and you're also going to need to talk about lots of other things like haircuts, doctor appointments, transportation changes, schedule changes, and holidays. None of this will run smoothly if you can't figure out how to be civil and talk to each other. If this cannot be done face-to-face, which is understandable in the beginning, then you have to come up with something that works. I suggest email or texting, even more than face-to-face sometimes. That way you have everything in writing. Of course, big conversations need to be done by speaking, but little things can be done through text. Never ever use the kids to do your communication for you. Don't have them be the messenger. Things can get misconstrued, or the message can just get delivered with the wrong information. And that puts a lot of pressure on the kids and it's not fair. You need to be adults and not make the children speak for you just because you don't wanna deal with the ex. Remember, when communicating to your ex about the kids, leave your personal stuff out of it. Your personal life and your feelings should not be in the way here. Stick with the facts and get your point across in a direct way. The next challenge I want to address is scheduling. In many cases, schedule is determined during the divorce and both parties will end up with a schedule determining who gets the kids on which holidays and how vacation time is split up. It's great when you have this, especially when disagreements come up. I have this and so does Sean. Honestly, We hardly ever stick to it because we're usually able to be flexible with our exes and come up with schedules that work as we go. We even try to accommodate Sean's ex who has another child from a separate marriage and we try to make sure her family time works out as well. But it's nice to know those documents are there if we need them. In Scott's case, he has more of a plan as you go arrangement. This is less favorable because every year he has to sit down and plan with his ex the whole upcoming year. I'm sure this is very taxing on him and his blended family because they can never really plan in advance for things. Is going back to court and drawing up a new schedule out of the question? I know mediation is a lot cheaper than hiring an attorney, but still it can get costly. There are ways of even doing this yourselves. Scott, I don't know if you're talking about holidays and vacations too, or if you mean the whole year. Hopefully you at least have the regular weekly schedule determined. As far as holidays, you can do an even and odd year thing. And depending on what holidays you celebrate, you can split them up evenly between you. For less important holidays and school holidays, you can arrange those to be with the parent that they are normally with that day. For instance, here in the States, we have a lot of Mondays off and the kids, well, our kids at least, stay with whichever parent they just had their weekend with. But other days off during the year, it's just whichever home they're at that day. For extended holiday breaks, you can set the first half with one parent and the second half with the other. But Scott, I do understand what it's like to arrange these as you go, because like I said, although we have our agreement, we find it easier to plan as we go sometimes. If it's causing major upset, try to talk to your ex to have something set up in writing. 
And if you confront your ex about this, you can say it in a nice way by gently suggesting an easier option for you both so you both don't have to endure the experience of coordinating schedules. I'm sure it's stressful for her too. I'm sure that it's very time consuming and it's also hard to keep things equal and fair with holidays if you don't follow some type of arrangement. The next challenge, influence over the kids. So I said with joint custody, both parents have equal influence over the kids and this will help you at times, but many times you won't like it. Your ex is your ex for a reason and you're not always going to agree. In a case where your ex only has your child for two days, you can sort of overlook some of these things and do a little reprogramming when your kids come home. But in a case of a 50-50 split, it's going to be much harder to do this. So I'm going to circle back around to communication. You're going to need to try to communicate with your ex, and both of you need to decide how you're going to raise the children. You're never going to agree on everything, and that's okay, but you need to figure out what you feel really strongly about and try as hard as you can to get on the same page about the major things. So what's not that big of a deal, let go and put your foot down about things that really matter. That's very individual, so you have to figure that out. I'll tell you about me. I know that bedtime, diet, and TV watching are things that are out of my control when the kids aren't with me. So I don't bother dictating to my ex how he needs to handle those things, even if I don't agree with him. Things that I ask him to be on the same page with me are holding them accountable, discipline, their attitudes, and the importance of school. Does he agree with everything I feel? No, of course not. But he understands that it's a big deal to me, so he tries to be on board with those things. With the understanding that there are other things that I let him do as he wishes. I know that one of the biggest problems many of you face here is that your ex may go against you out of spite or because they're just trying to be difficult. Joint custody requires lots of cooperation or there are going to be lots of fights. Try to remember the cooperation is to make things easier on the kids, not just the two of you. Another challenge I want to talk about today in regards to joint custody is transportation and commute time. This can actually be an issue with any type of custody. Sometimes it is determined in the divorce agreements who will be providing the transportation. It depends how detailed your documents were. Depending on how far you live from one another, this can be a lot to handle. For this reason, I always suggest trying not to live too far away, but I know that this is sometimes out of your control. If you are the parent providing all of the transport and your ex won't help you out, there's not much you can do. What you can do is make car time quality time with your kids. Sure, they can have their tablets or phones and keep busy, which is fine if you want some quiet time, or they can use that time to get caught up on schoolwork even, but you can instead turn that time into quality time. You can listen to music together, or you can talk about what's going on in their lives. It's a nice time to talk because it's rare, especially as they get older, that they want to talk, and now they can't just run off to their room if they're in the car. So it's a good opportunity. Next, 
I want to talk about the challenge of joint custody in a blended family. We have to remember that our arrangement with our ex affects our new family, which includes our new partner and their children if they have them. Your partner most likely has their own arrangements with their ex, and it can be very challenging to try and coordinate things so that it works best for everyone. Sometimes one of you can make adjustments and other times you won't be able to. You can share calendars so that you can both see what's going on and hopefully arrange when you can have some family time with everyone. But don't let this challenge affect your relationship. One or both of you are divorced, and this just comes with the territory. It's just something that we have to deal with. And the last challenge I want to discuss is keeping track of all the stuff This happens all the time with everyone. Even the child who leaves for the weekend only and packs a bag loses things. You know, when Sean and I met, we both had a different thing going on. I would send my kids to their dad every other weekend with a bag packed right down to medication they might need, jacket, shoes, everything. Sean used to provide his own things for his kids when they would come visit us on the weekends, So they would come with nothing. He had clothes for them at our house that would stay with us. Of course, as the kids get older, they become more attached to their things and they want those things at whichever home they're at. Regardless of your arrangement, you want to make sure that belongings don't get misplaced in the constant shuffling back and forth. And my suggestion is get each child their own small suitcase or travel bag so they can place everything together instead of having piles or small plastic bags that are easier to lose. When they're young, you can help them pack, but as they get older, you want to have them start taking on this responsibility. I can't tell you how many times I was blamed for the kids not having something they wanted until I finally made them do it. And yes, they still forgot things, but they knew then it was their fault, and it taught them responsibility and to learn how to keep track of their own things. If you have joint custody, there are things that each home should have, such as toiletries, pajamas, school supplies, and even some basic clothing so the child doesn't have to pack so much. They don't need to have two sets of electronics or expensive toys. Those things can be brought back and forth. One of the benefits of joint custody here is that some of the cost of these things can be split between the parents. For instance, if you're getting the child a laptop computer and it's going to be used in both homes, you can split the cost and save money. So make sure you communicate with your ex about the things that the children need. Even things like shoes or other needs, you can decide to split costs or alternate between you. So... Now that I've presented the challenges to you, I just want to point out some things that you can do to help make it work. I've got five tips to help you have success with joint custody. So here we go. Number one, communication. I already spoke about this. So you just need to find a method that works for you and your ex. But this is super important if you want an arrangement that runs smoothly for you. Number two, keep the focus on the kids. You may have had a difficult divorce, but joint custody is about your kids, not the divorce. We need to take their feelings into consideration. They shouldn't be made to feel as if they're property being passed back and forth. Don't involve them in things they shouldn't be involved in. 
and don't badmouth one another. Keeping the focus on the children will help you not to do those things. Number three, do not sweat the small stuff. In other words, pick your battles. You are going to have lots of disagreements, but you don't want to argue over everything. Let go of the things that don't really matter and concentrate on the things that do. Number four, have realistic expectations. Everything is not going to run smoothly all the time. Everything is not going to be perfect. If you expect everything to be perfect all the time, you will be disappointed. And number five, adjust your agreement as necessary. Just because you have things set a certain way doesn't mean it can't be changed. As the kids get older, you may both find that you want to change the arrangement. Be flexible with one another. You may not want to concede, but you never know when you might need a favor or adjustment in return. So that's what I have for you today. I hope this helped you, Scott, and also the rest of you who may be struggling with joint custody arrangements. Those of you who are still in the process of divorce, maybe this helps you to see some of the challenges before you make the decision of whether or not to have joint custody. If you're really struggling, always remember that this is temporary. As the kids get older, this will become less of an issue. Scott, thank you for the topic suggestion. It was it was actually interesting for me to do this show as I myself haven't been through this exact experience. If you have any feedback on this show, let me know. Maybe you have some tips for Scott. For those and any of your topic suggestions, again, email them to me at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And don't forget to join my mailing list. Visit the website to join and get a free quiz and my monthly newsletter when you do. Please join me next week for episode number 50. Have a great week. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.